Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. The future is overwhelming. There is so much to worry about. School, finding a job, paying off debt, saving for retirement. Don't you wish you could just take a mental break? But how can you when you're consistently bombarded with social media hashtags like live your best life and you only live once? It leaves you feeling like this life is all that there is. And don't get me started on FOMO. And if that isn't enough, you're inundated with news, books, YouTube videos, and even blockbuster movies proclaiming the end of the world is near. Will some rogue government leader start a nuclear war? Or will climate change take us out? How is it all gonna end? Will it be a slow erosion or a quick death? Will there even be a world left for the next generation? I mean, is this it? Is there an afterlife? What are we supposed to believe? And here we are, September 2019. I'll never forget another September. It was September 1988. I had just arrived in Ottawa to be their new pastor of Woodvale Pentecostal Church. And uh, it was exciting. At the end of all the services, I'm out there in the lobby with my wife, Esther, and we're meeting all these new people that we're going to have the privilege to pastor. They're excited about getting to know us, introducing families and everything. Of course, I remembered all their names. No. And it was just an exciting time, but I noticed that every once in a while, one of them that was meeting us would also add a little PS into their greeting. And they they said, Pastor Keith, uh, we want to make sure that you have a copy of this book or that you've read this book. And they'd be referring to 88 reasons why the rapture will be in 1988. And look, at it says the Feast of the... It says September 11, 12, 13. One of those days he's going to return. It was coming up to that date. It was September 1988. So the week end before, guess what I spoke on? Nothing to do with the return of Jesus. I had some disappointed people in my new church family. But I remember this one fella, he came up to me at the end of the service. Now, he was educated professional, and he came up to me, and uh, he, 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 he was all choked up. He was very emotional, and he said, Pastor Keith, this week is my birthday. I'm going to be celebrating my birthday in heaven. I didn't know what to say. Now, if Dr. Van was there, he would have known what to say. He would have just said, you know, well, I hope your birthday's right out of this world, you know. Hope it's a heavenly experience for you. You know, he'd know right what to say. I sort of felt like the guy that met another guy in the mall that he hadn't seen for a few years, and they had a wonderful little uh, reunion, and then one of them asked, how is your wife? And the other guy said, oh, she's in heaven now. And the other guy said, well, I'm sorry. They realized, that's not right. He says, well, I'm glad. They realized, that's not the same right. So he said, I'm surprised, you know. 
It was sort of like one of those moments I just didn't know what to say. Now, pastoring in Edmonton during the 80s, uh, this book uh, came on the scene, written by David Wilkerson. It's called The Vision, a terrifying prophecy of doomsday that is starting to happen now. And I began to have people meet with me. Why aren't you telling the people about what's going to happen? I had one couple. They came to me. They said, we're not going to have any kids. How can you bring kids into this kind of world if this is what's going to happen? And we're not going to buy a car. Could never figure out why they weren't going to buy a car. But they just felt that this was, and why aren't you telling people? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, since coming to Toronto, since Pastor Jonathan pointed out, you've been here 25 years now, helping pastor here. Have you ever heard from any of, well, you, come on, you're, you've been taught so well, you would never come up with this stuff. You know, you say, you mean you've never had anyone in our church family come up to you and say, how come you're not showing the left behind movies like other churches are? Have you ever had anybody come up to you and say, you know, how come you're not telling people about the four blood moons that John Hagee has written about? Other pastors are doing it. Have I ever, have I ever had that happen? Maybe. I remember when I was a little boy and in Ottawa and uh, just started school, and every day I'd come home from school. It was within walking distance. I'd walk home from school to 56 Pine Glen Crescent and walk in, and, and, and first thing was, Mom, I'm home. But I called, Mom, there's no answer. And so I started to go in different areas of the house and yell, Mom. And then I remembered something I heard in church recently, and I started to panic. My heart started to pound, and I ran out in the backyard frantically around, Mom, Mom, and then finally I found her. Why was I in such a panic? Because there'd been a guest speaker at the church not long before, and he had this big chart up on the platform, and he showed us how we were living in the last of the last days, and that Jesus was going to come any day now, and some were going to go to be with him, and others were going to be left behind. And I was a little boy in Ottawa, and I thought I'd be left behind. You know, I, I went online to Dr. Google the other day, and just with the question, are there still lots of charts around about the end times and mapping out when all these events are going to occur? I, I, I found over, I stopped counting at 100. You can go online, you, you can just see lots of charts, charts. See, charts just spell it out clearly, and, there's, and yet there's all these events that if one chart is right, somebody else's chart is wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? And so you have two large groups that use charts. Here's the chart that Dr. Van gave us. You know, we're, we, since Jesus died and rose again, we now live in the church age. The church age. And then at the end of the church age, Jesus is going to return. But uh, there's a, one major uh, group that believes that Jesus is returning and they love Jesus, and they're wonderful people. Uh, remember Pat Robertson of the 700 Club did so, has done so much good over the years, but he would believe that, that the church is just going to keep getting better and better and grow stronger and stronger in the world until we usher in the return of Jesus Christ. It's called post-millennial. We go through the thousand years, and then Jesus returns. Now, 
the most popular views, and so therefore the most popular charts, are premillennial. The idea that, you know, here we are in the church age, and that Jesus returns, and then we go into the 1,000 years ruling and reigning with Christ in, in the millennium. So th that's, that's where most followers of Jesus sort of believe how it's going to happen. But then they read these verses in the Bible that Jesus, the apostle John, and Peter, and the apostle Paul all talk about it, that there will be terrible times in the last days. Here's how Jesus says it one time. He says, it's going to be not, you won't have seen anything like it before, no precedent for it, and it'll never be this bad again. And, uh, and it's called the tribulation, a period of seven years, uh, a great tribulation that will happen. Now, but this is where people sort of say, okay, what are we going to do with these verses? Because we see that, that it seems that some places Jesus says he's going to come and help us escape from the wrath of God. And yet it seems like there's going to be some Christians that go through terrible times in the last days. And so you've got some that say, well, we're going to go through all those really lousy, tragic days, worst ever days on the planet. And then Jesus is going to come for us as his followers, and those are post-tribulation. Then you got some that say, no, no, we're going to leave here before any of those uh, tragic years happen on the earth, and the Antichrist comes and all this. Those are pre-tribulation rapture. And then there's others sort of take a compromise position and say, well, we're going to be here for some of them, and then we're going to be evacuated. And those are mid-tribulation position. And then, anyway, all of them would agree that we go up and there's going to be these, there's just going to be amazing reunion. The bride of Christ, the church, united with the bridegroom. And so the marriage supper of the Lamb, the judgment seat of Christ where, where we get rewarded. How many are thankful that all we've done wrong, if we've said, Jesus, forgive me, it's been taken care of here. Amen? been taken care of here. So we're not going to be judged for what we did wrong. That's been taken care of. That's already been judged in Jesus Christ. But we will be rewarded. The bema seat is the word in the Greek. It was a time where, where people were honored and celebrated for uh, what they had done. And we'll be each rewarded according to what we did with what we had to work with. And then we go into the millennium and then the, the, there's the great white throne judgment where every person that's ever lived is going to be judged according to what they did with what they had to work with, and we'll go into the new heaven and the new earth. And so you got all of these charts. Now, people sort of agree that all of these events are going to happen out there in the future. The big question is, when? It's a timing issue. Most just say, oh yeah, all that's going to happen. These are going to be experiences and events that are out in the future, but when is it going to happen? And that's where it got really exciting in the Western world when these charts just escalated and the interest in the eschaton. Do you remember Dr. Van defined eschaton for us last week? Cardiac, heart, cardiology, the study of the heart. Eschaton, eschatology is the study of future events, the study of the eschaton. And so there, it just escalated. The interest in the eschaton was sparked by the rebirth of Israel in 1948. People that say, all the Bible says about these things gonna happen, now there's a literal nation of Israel that's sort of like a timepiece that we can use to determine when they're gonna happen. 
And people got really excited because Jesus had said, the same generation that sees certain things start to come to pass is the same generation that's going to see him return. And so people got really, really excited. It was understandable. And you had books like Hal Lindsey's book, How Many Read the Late Great uh, Planet Earth. And then you had movies like Thief in the Night. They just fanned the flames of interest in the future, in the eschatology. And then you read them. And I remember the teachings of these traveling specialists that would tell us that there's the formation of the 10-nation European Union showing we're on the way to a one-world government that Daniel prophesied. And now we have computers. And the Bible said there'll be an unprecedented increase in knowledge. With computers, we can see how that can happen. Now we have nuclear weapons. And now we can understand why revelation Revelation says one-third of life on the planet will, will be uh, destroyed. Now, now we can see, never before, but now we're in the generation we can see where that can happen. And some got more specific. They said Russia is the bear from the north. China is the red dragon. And when United States Secretary of State Henry Kissinger started to do shuttle diplomacy in the Middle East, he became the number one candidate for being the Antichrist. How many were around for that? I mean, we had it all figured out. And, 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 and it, you talk about YOLO. You only lived once and now you can map it all out. We're in the final generation. Jesus is returning. This is so exciting. Although I remember, I was telling Pastor John the first, I, I remember sitting there and listening to it and thinking, oh my goodness, Lord, I probably won't even get married. And I'm going to follow God's plan for sex. I'm going to save that so I have that, that union that, that, that the Bible describes as the best way to do sex. And so I, I'm, I'm going to save that. So I, I'm beginning to think, man, there's a real downside to this whole living in the last days, you know? And, and I remember as a young pastor in Edmonton, and they said, do you want to start contributing to the pension plan? I said, no, 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 no. Why would I do that? I mean, I was in my early 20s pastoring this growing, thriving church, and who would ever want to put money in a pension plan? Jesus is going to return long before Keith Smith ever gets that old. And here I am. (laughs) You know, and then we'd sing, uh, we'd sing songs. I thought you'd like to hear Natalie's voice more than mine. Don't you dare say amen. But Natalie, I, I, um, this was a favorite. Matter of fact, you, you, you remembered hearing it, but, but you're young. I should establish that. But you remember hearing your parents and older generations sing this song. Did I get myself out of this? Yeah, it was a favorite. The King is coming. The King is coming. I just heard the trumpet sounding. And if you attended a, any church gathering and sang hymns, so often the hymn, you know, would cover what God did and what Jesus did in the cross, but then it would get to the last verse, you know, when Christ shall come. The last verse was so often about the return of Jesus, but if you came back to church Sunday night, we'd sort of add a little, a little bit of a beat to it and sing something like this. I- 
this uh, message that people would insist on getting through, and it was uh, captured by Larry Norman in a song. A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise and turns her head. He's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Two men walking up a hill. One disappears and one's left standing still. I wish we'd all been ready. There's no time to change your mind. The sun has come and you've been left behind. Yet in that teaching and our understanding of the eschaton, what Jesus and the apostles said, there was always that sense that it could happen at any time. And so we started singing this song. We still sing it. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the King. Ah, I wish you would sing with me. <laughs> no more dying there. There we go. No, 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 we're not going to. Thank you, Natalie. Let's let her know we appreciate that. So, so one, one day I decided to do some detective work and track back. Did this all just start with the rebirth of Israel? That, uh, you know, 1948, and Jesus said the same generation, 48, and people said a generation is 40 years. 48 plus 40 is 1988. So is this, is this just something that happened since the rebirth of Israel? And it escalated. But guess what I found? Uh, 242 times people have predicted dates for the end of the world and the return of Jesus. Now, so, you know, some took what John Hagee wrote about the four blood moons and some American pastor said, that's the date, September uh, 2015. Remember the end of the world was supposed to be when the Mayan calendar ended? That uh, was in the news. TV prophecies like Jack Van Impey, many American preachers set dates. Herbert Armstrong, founder of the Seventh-day Adventists, Mormons and Jehovah Witness, all speculated on certain dates. 1982, I don't know how many, how many of you saw the ad that was in all the world's major newspapers put there by a group that claimed that Jesus had already returned and he was about to reveal himself. Now, I discovered that these date-setting um, events happened before the rebirth of Israel. Yeah, 1492, who sailed the ocean blue? Columbus loved Jesus. He loved the Lord, and he longed for the return of the Lord. He studied Daniel and Revelation, and out of that, he wrote this. He's, because he saw the... He, of course, he's, he's out seeing the world and discovering, and so he thought the gospel is being taken to the nations of the world. And so out of his understanding of Daniel and Revelation, he wrote this. There are only 155 years left until the return of Jesus. He wrote that in 1552. Now, you can imagine the excitement in the world when January 1st, year 1000, occurred. People, I mean, Pope Sylvester and many other church leaders jumped on that and said, Jesus is going to return then. You go back even 500 years before that, you've got three major church theologians. 
I won't give you their names because I can't pronounce them, but three major church theologians who got it wrong. How many know Dr. Venn is a theologian? Anyway, so uh, now what about, what about if we, okay, we've seen that if you go back from, you know, when it was such a hot topic, a rebirth of Israel, and you go back through time, Columbus, uh, what, if you go right, what if we go right back to our first century brothers and sisters, the New Testament church in the first century? What if we go right back there? You know what you will find? You will find that they expected Jesus Christ to return in their lifetime. You know, they'd seen him leave, and he said he was coming back, and so they're watching for it. And so in Thessalonica, Greece, there was this belief that was taught that you, no one's going to die in the church. Jesus is going to return before anyone dies, and then someone died. How many would like to be at that funeral? the explaining. And so Paul writes them. That's why he writes them the first letter in Thessalonians. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you'll not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. And everybody said, but then a few years later, in the same church, likely some other churches, but this we have record of, in Thessalonica, Greece, the, the, the rumor went around that Jesus had already returned and they had been left behind. And so like Jesus came for all the Christians in Scarborough, but not those in Pickering, you know? Just what's up with this? And so Paul writes them a second letter. He says, now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say. So how far back does this go? All through our time, all through human history, right back to the New Testament church, but certainly the first 12 disciples got it right, right? Because they, they got it wrong. We know this. If you read the Gospels, you know what their favorite topic was. Jesus, when are you going to set up your kingdom? And right on the heels of it was a follow-up question. What position do I get? Right? One of them even sent their mother to try and, you know, and you know what mothers are like. So anyway, he, he, she, she vouchers for her boys to get them the two top positions. It was just the, the hot topic for these disciples. So, but now Jesus has died for their sins. All the sacrificial animals, all, no more. Because Jesus once and for all was the, the Lamb of God, the final sacrifice. And Jesus rose from the dead. So they knew that they would have eternal life with him. And so and they know all this. Jesus has spent weeks with them since rising from the dead, preparing them for the future when he would leave them, but send his Holy Spirit, and it would be just like having him with them, to have the Spirit with them. He's preparing them, and so they go out to the mountain, and Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And they go, one more question before you go. Guess what it is? Guess what it is? You know, Lord, we've got, we got our charts, and we know that now you've come, you've died, and you rose again, and you're coming again, but, 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 but now, well, let's just read what they say. So when the apostles were with Jesus, this is right when he's about to ascend, they kept asking him, 
Lord, has the time come now for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Never forget this. Jesus replied, the Father alone has authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere to the ends of the earth. So there we have it. When it comes to the future, the eschaton, when it comes to the God's plan for the future, uh, Christians, ever since the first disciples, right through to 2019, have always jumped the gun. And we've always got it wrong. So it may come as a bit of a surprise to you to know that right now, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you my five predictions about exactly when Jesus is going to return. Are you ready? No, this, listen, I, 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 Dr. Van was in the service last night and he texted me after. He's on with these predictions. Um, Pastor Jonathan, you were in the first service. You're, you were officiating in a wedding yesterday, but you're on. All right? All right listen, but what we've agreed, if, if these five predictions result in, a, in a, a bestseller book, you know, it, it'd be called what... Um, what Keith Smith knows for sure about when Jesus is returning. If that book just becomes the bestseller, or it get, the script gets taken into a blockbuster movie, I want to just go on record as saying, I'm going to give it all to the church of Jesus Christ. All right? All right? All right? So are you ready? All right. I, I, I'm not senior pastor anymore. I'm teaching pastor. I can go out on a limb here. Here I go. Five predictions. First one. God only knows. No, hold on. Come on. I've got a Bible verse in context. Not taken out of in context where they're talking about the return of the Lord. Here's my Bible verse for this. However, no one knows the day or hour when... This is Jesus talking in Matthew. No one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself say it aloud together with me. Only the Father knows. You don't. I'm not supposed to say it that way, I know. But you don't know what day your Lord is coming. I mean, think about it. Just engage the cognitive abilities for a moment here. Like, if Jesus told any one generation, this is when I'm going to return. You know, a lot of people would just do, okay, I'm going to go live selfishly for myself. But you know where they would be the Sunday before? In church. (laughs) You know? Oh, Jesus, I repent. I so appreciate what you did for me on the cross. I give my, I want to live for you all the days until you return, all four of them. (laughs) He's going to filter out those that are in this because they love him and long for his appearing. And want to, they appreciate what they did, what he did for us on the cross. Between those who just don't want to go to a bad place when they die. You know what I'm saying? Now, by the way, Dr. Ben's going to pick up on that in our community groups. If you're not part of a community group, what a great discussion to get, on, get in on and to learn. And one of the questions he has for you this week is, if you knew the date, how would things change? I mean, it's just going to be a very helpful time. And you'll understand why, why uh, Jesus didn't get us involved in, in date settings. And in your groups and personally, 
Had a lady last night ask me a great question that we could use on our panel. We're going through this series, and then the last uh, weekend of this series will be a panel, Pastor Jonathan, myself, and Dr. Van. Pastor Jonathan and I have both agreed we're giving the tough questions to Dr. Van, as it should be. How many know he deserves it? Anyway, so we'll, we'll be, but get your questions to us during this. All right, all right. What's the first uh, prediction? Only God knows. Ready for number two? It'll be right on time. It will be. No, no, I'm telling you. Watch this. I'll use the same verse. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven and the sons of own. The Father knows. The Father knows what? The Father knows the day and the? He knows. He knows. It's interesting to go back to the time when Jesus came at Christmas to see all the speculation and date setting and, oh, what's the Messiah going to be look like when he's here and what's he going to do and overthrow the Romans. All this kind of speculation was going on. And then it's like Galatians is just chill. It just says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How many know when Jesus arrived at Christmas, he was right on time? When Jesus comes again, it will be right on schedule. Right on? And so, so it'll be right on time. All right, here's my third prediction. When we least expect it. Yeah. When we least expect it. All right, here, here's the verse. Listen. If the owner of the house had known at what time the thief was coming. Okay, let's just stop there now. Stop there. How many, I saw a lot last night and a lot in the first service. How many have ever had your house, condo, apartment in your lifetime? It's been broken into. Raise your hand. Upstairs, downstairs. Yeah, a lot of us. A lot of us. Ours in Edmonton. Did you get a call the week before saying, hey, just wonder what is a convenient time for you just to make an appointment. We're going to break in during the night. What would be a good night for you? If the owner of the house had known at what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. Be ready. Say it with me. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, um, Natalie was helping me with some songs from 70s, 80s, and expecting Jesus to return any time and, and uh, had to be in our generation. I remember we had a guest... Uh, singer at our church, and he said, one half of the songs in the Christian community that are being written today are about the return of Jesus. So therefore, he's coming soon. And I'm thinking, well, Jesus said, in such an hour as you least expect it, he's going to return. We're really expecting it, so you know, see what I'm saying? <laughs> Came home from uh, um, you know, the church family in, in Edmonton, uh, law, most of them new Christians, and just hearing about this for the first time, and I had talked to them about this, you know. It, it's when we don't expect it, Jesus will return. Came home from work one day that week, and David and Matthew, sort of like preschool, four or five years old, something like that, and they, uh, we lived in a split level. I came downstairs, visited with the boys and all that, and then, and then they went back to playing. And, and I, I just saw one of them would say to the other, Oh, no, I thought about it. And then the other one would uh, say, oh, and he'd empathize with them. And a little while later, another one would go, oh, no, and now I thought about it. 
And I, I'm curious, I'm saying, what, what's wrong? What are you guys thinking about that's troubling you so much? Well, you know how you said last week that when we, it's a time when we don't think about it, Jesus is going to return. We want Jesus to return, but now we thought about it. <laughs> All right. God only knows right on time when we least expect it. Now, you may need to get your smartphone calculator going for this one. Number four, it's closer now than when you first became a Christian. You say, that's in the Bible? Yep, Romans 13. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. <laughs> the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. All right? Only God knows right on time when we least expect it. It's closer now than when you first became a Christian. What do you think, Pastor Jonathan? Do you think this will end up being a blockbuster movie? Definitely? Okay. I meant what I said about the royalties. Ready for number five? It could be today. Are you ready? Do you know there's nothing in the Bible that we have to wait for to be fulfilled before Jesus returns? He can come at any time. Any time. He could come before we have cathedral tonight. He could. There's nothing in the Bible that we're waiting on to be fulfilled before Jesus returns. But then some people say, yeah, but there's all these things that Jesus says in, in Matthew 25 and repeats it in Luke 21, recorded there, and it talks about the ecosystem of the world breaking down and the weather changing, so there's famines and, and earthquakes in diverse places and wars, and like we hear in Iran today, rumors of wars and all these things going on. And, and, and let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus told us that? Do you think he told us that so we could go and update our charts and figure out more precisely the timing of when he would return? He tells us why he told us that. He says, but listen, when you see these things begin to happen, if you're a follower of mine, I'll tell you, let me give you some instructions here. When you see these things begin to happen, lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing near. I'm coming back for you. You know, Jesus wanted us. You say, why did he tell us all those nasty things that are going to happen in the last days for planet Earth? Because he wanted us to not be thrown for a loop. And that when we would see what's happening in the Middle East or see what's happening in our world or see what's happening in our economy and our climate, that we would, we would not just say, oh, no, no, is God letting the planet go out of control? So that we would know it's all right. How many understand God is not caught by surprise by any world events? His plan is right on track and Jesus Christ will come right on time. Amen? Come here. That, that, that's, he, he said, look, you'll see these things. And that's what I want you to do. Just remember, I let them remind you that not bring fear to you, but remind you that I am coming. And this is what is on Pastor Jonathan's heart, Dr. Van's heart, and my heart. Matter of fact, it's the very same thing that you see the Apostle Paul arriving at in his last writings. You see the Apostle Peter and John. Watch this. They said, this is what's going to happen. But what? But church, when you know this, here's what you're to do. Be ready. These things are going to happen in the world, but this is what's on your to-do list. Be ready. Let's listen to the Apostle Peter. He says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Guess where he got that from? 
Got that from Jesus. He heard it firsthand. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. And then he says, okay, that's all going to happen in the future. But since everything will happen that way, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Does he say, you know, just get right ready, gather in one little community and just, just get on the roof of Agent Court and watch for Jesus to return? No. No. I used to get letters from people that offered me land for my church family in Edmonton in the Rocky Mountains of Alberta for my church family to go there for certain dates when Jesus was going to return. Some days it was rather appealing, you know, just to get out there in the Rockies. I love them. But anyway, he's saying, no, 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 that's not what it's there for. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Do you see that? Peter says, it, all these nasty things are going to happen, but here's your response as a follower of Jesus. Same as Jesus said, lift up your head. What about the apostle Paul? He, he's a little more, he says it all kinds of ways, but in Romans 13, he, he, he says it even more succinctly. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So what do we do? If we're in the last days, what do we do? Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Right on? And then, and then you see John. He says, dear children, this is the last hour. We're living in the last days. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, <laughs> as in the midst of the Antichrist coming and evidence of his presence in the world already, as for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. What do you do when the Antichrist is coming? You remain in Christ. Do you see that? See, that's our heart in this series. That the people we pastor would be ready for Jesus' return. Let me, let's close with three ways that you can be ready for Christ's return just before we pray. The first one, the first one is this. Ready yourself by becoming more like Jesus. Scripture says, the person who has the hope of Christ's return purifies themselves, purifies themselves. The best way for you to get ready for Jesus' return is to get up every day and say, Jesus, I want to live for you today. And when you mess up, say, thank you for your forgiveness. I want to get back on track serving you today. That's the best way you can ready for Christ's return. And then... Every season of your life, every time you face a new opportunity, a new challenge, just, just say, Jesus, I want to handle this in a way that I'll be happy I did when you return. You know, that's what we're going to be doing at Cathedral tonight. How many have done fall 2019 before? No? None of us. How many need God's help? How many want God's help for 2019 fall? So we're going to be here saying, Jesus, Jesus, anoint us. Give us what we need to do a new season. And so prepare. That's one of the best ways you could ever prepare for the return of Jesus is to become more like Jesus. Secondly, reach out to others. You remember when Peter said, 
because uh, people were getting a little antsy about when's Jesus going to return. And, and Peter said, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise about returning, but he's not willing that any should perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And so he's saying, if you're living in the last days, use it as an opportunity to reach out to people and to serve in the church. Anytime he talks about the end times, so many times it refers to, and, and use your gifts to serve Jesus. Jesus said, work for the night is coming when no man can work. You know, we get one shot. At the, there is a YOLO element to this whole thing. And so we, we, we serve, listen, if you are today letting your light shine before people who don't know Jesus, and you're serving Jesus with the gifts that he has given your church, do you know what? You are so getting ready for Jesus to return. You are so getting ready. Ready yourself. Reach out to others. And then third, refuse to trivialize the only future that the human race has. Refuse. How could we trivialize the return of Jesus? Number one, we can sideline it because we're jaded by unfulfilled prophecies. There's a lot of people that are online and in this room, and you've, I don't know where you got your information about the future from. But a lot of people, they get their information about the future from a Left Behind movie or, or a book that they read and people have earned money off that book and, and, and feel pressure to, to get out another one on the same topic. Where, where are you getting your information from? You see, what can happen is this. And if you've grown up like me, hearing, oh, Jesus is coming next week, Jesus is coming next year. If you've grown up with that, then you need to guard your heart here because... It can be a little bit like people hearing the boy cry wolf. And they hear, wolf, wolf is coming, wolf. And then it doesn't happen. And then he cries it and he means it and they're not ready. They're desensitized. How many understand Jesus Christ is coming again? And then and there, there's another way that we can trivialize it. And that is, and that is to uh, shrink it to a chart of sensational speculation. Now, you may be online, and you may be in this room and say, Pastor, I never heard anything about that book about 88 reasons Jesus is coming in 88, great late planet Earth, never saw the movie Left Behind. I feel I've been left behind. <laughs> Let me guarantee you that between now and when Jesus returns, you will have more than your share of distractions of people saying, like Jesus said, oh, the, Jesus is coming here, he's coming there. He, he said, don't, don't listen to that. You will have more than your share of charts presented to you about when Jesus is returning. And so don't, don't get jaded by them. Don't get jaded. Understand Jesus is coming again. And then it's sort of sad, isn't it, when someone tries to shrink something as grandiose and as major and as critical as the return of Jesus Christ to a, a, a chart that they change every time something happens in the Middle East. You know, there's some people, I'm sure they're updating their charts now with what's going on in Iran and Trump and Putin and, 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 and the Israeli election. They're just always just, I'm convinced, Pastor John, that there's going to be some people that when Jesus returns for us, they're, they're going to be swept up to be with the Lord and they're going to say, no, 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 not now. This isn't the way it was in my chart. There are some people that get more excited about the second coming of Christ than they do about the Christ of the second coming. 
I've come to the conclusion that there is nothing more sensational than this. That Jesus who died on the cross and rose from the dead said, I am going to prepare a place for you, my followers, that where I am, there you may be also. And I am coming again to receive you unto myself. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And you will rule and reign with me forever. And so shall we forever be with the Lord. How many know? It doesn't get more sensational than that. And so until Jesus returns, he tells us what to do when you see these things happening in the world. On your worst bad news day, both personally and in world news, he says, when you see that happening, lift up your head. Let it remind you, I'm not taken by surprise. We're right on track and I am coming soon. So let's lead the way on caring for this planet for the future for future generations. We don't know when Jesus is going to return. Let's lead the way on taking care of this planet, but with the knowledge that this earth is one day going to pass away, there is a planet B, and B stands for best. There will be a new heaven and a new earth, and God himself will dwell among us, and he'll wipe every tear from our eyes, and there'll be no more mourning or, or crying or pain or death, and we shall forever be with the Lord. Yeah, I, I, that's, it doesn't get more sensational than that. The Apostle John says a lot we don't know. We don't know when, and we don't know what will look like, how it will all appear, but we do know this. When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, the living Son of God. And every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is exactly who he said he was. And we will worship him and glorify him, and his followers will say, you are the Lamb of God, I worship you. You are my Savior, and I'm here in heaven forever, and it's all because of you, Jesus. So what do we know so far? What do we know so far? I think the best, the last word needs to go to Jesus here because when we start talking about when is it going to happen, I think the Father, the Jesus will tell us what the Father says. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. But you, <laughs> you see, Get close to me, become more like me, reach people, serve in the church, and, and long for my appearing. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere to the ends of the earth. How many want to be busy doing that until Jesus comes? Can I hear a good amen? Let's pray about this together. So Lord, because of what you reveal about your grand and glorious arrival and the eternal future that we can have with you because we love you and we follow you. We're going to follow you right into that future you have for us. But right now, Lord, we ready our hearts by loving you with every part of our heart. We reach out and serve you. We reach out with good news and encourage one another with that good news until you return. And we refuse to trivialize your return. We make a big deal of it, Lord. Jesus, yes, you're our savior, you're our healer, you're our baptizer, but you're also our coming king. And we look forward to gathering together with those from every tribe and nation who are redeemed by the, the Lamb of God 
cleansed. And Lord, forever, forever in heaven, our song will be, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It just makes us long for your appearing today and look forward to your coming. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.